It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. And don't forget you can catch us live Monday to Friday daily, 3 to 6 p.m. daylight savings time. Uh, YouTube channel, please subscribe to that as well, the run home with Joel and Fletch. Big, big show, of course, but we caught up with a man who has his name in the show, Brian Fletcher. We tracked him down in Las Vegas. Here is Bear's Head. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Get the slow clap ready, Socky. Come on, bring the field in. Let's go. (laughs) He's here. Resource World, Las Vegas. The man is there. Two and a bit days in Vegas. Here he comes from the Randwick end. Brian Fletcher, come in. Yeah, yes, boys. How are we going? How are we going? <laughs> okay. I'm live from downtown Boulevard. I'm on the corner of uh, the Boulevard and some of the joint. And there's a strip joint on every corner. It's like heaven for adults. <laughs> Fuck, you'd love it. It's 8.30 p.m., right, So, which is breakfast time really over there in Vegas. How are you surviving, Fletch? Yeah, tough day yesterday, sugar. It was a long day. So we landed at 6 a.m. because yeah. we had the oh, – I got in trouble on the flight, by the way. Oh. I spilt red wine on the sports minister who was asleep <laughs> in business class. I went up for a bit of a chat with the great Buzz Rothfield. Yeah. Um, so I think he's pulling the funding from rugby league. This said, uh, we had a flight, direct flight. We're on the charter flight, which was very – it was good. It was like all the fans were quite – uh, excited, as you imagine. And we landed at 6 a.m. in Vegas, and we just thought we made a decision. We've got to go get on their time zone. So we had our first beer at 7.30 oh, a.m. by the pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I finished at 3 a.m. this morning. Oh, so we is in who? Uh, John's, yeah. Hindmarsh, yeah. Gallon, yes. Wade Graham, Jimmy Graham, and Brayton Astor. Weird gang. Yep. But, uh, yeah, yeah we, we got it done. We got the job done. Gal sends beers, but he, he just he, he just off the back fence on those uh, JD and Cokes, isn't he? And that's, that's his go. What's his middle uh, name? Yeah, yeah. What's his middle name, Brian? Yeah, he loves it. He got, yeah, he gets the doubles. But it's the free pour. We discussed this, I think, last week, how there is just no RSA. No. Nah. The RSA is RA, as in rat's ass. Mm. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Have you had to do much work today? <laughs> Uh, we just had to do a sh- we had to do a um, uh, a, t- a show called Teams, which was come on after NRL three hundred and sixty. Right. Which, but other than that, we didn't have to do any. Had a bit of a kip, and now we've got a cocktail party. Oh, bit of has got a cocktail party on. Yeah, good. Hey, Brian, um, you were here on Monday when we we I spoke about those uh, blokes from Dubbo and how you know the hide audacity for them to. To be on the source in Dubbo, to go to Sydney that night, be on the source there, and have seven nights in Vegas, and they've bumped you in uh, in uh, Vegas. Is that right? 
Yeah, we bumped her in the Venetian. Yes. What a cracking joint that is. Oh. There's gondolas just floating around everywhere. Uh, yeah, I read in all about, yeah, last night. They're the Zelly and the boys from Gilgandra. There's yes, a million it. of them. There's a million people here from Gilgandra, I've noticed. How's it going to go? Town, but How's it the Yanks go? are getting around it. Are they? Yeah, it's on, like, we've got all the billboards, but we're, uh, the NRL have bought ads on the local radio station. So they have two, two uh, rugby league ads every hour, which I thought was pretty good all day. Today yeah. Well, they've had the, the, the big Gronk. He's, uh, I've seen him doing some stuff here on ESPN. Big uh, Rob Gronkowski, uh, NFL tight end. He's been pumping it up a, a bit of footage, but... What's what's been the? I, I watch your stuff on the um, on the footy show uh, on Fox, mate. What's 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 the funniest thing or the most outrageous thing you've done so far, and and what else have you got planned? Are you talking about when we were here six weeks ago? That one. Yes. That, that was. Um, yeah. Well, that, that that was. I don't think we'll get as loose as that again because <laughs> uh, my wife's here. Yeah. Okay. And and. Um, no, we're just here because we've got, a, we've got a, sh- a show on Friday. I'm playing golf tomorrow, actually, at a joint called Wolf Creek. Oh, beautiful. My goodness. Oh, that's if, good. If a listener, uh, for the listeners, Google Wolf Creek. Have a look at this golf course. It's in the middle of the desert and it just pops up. Uh, so I've got that tomorrow. We've got a show Friday. And then we've got Ludacris on Saturday. So it's not too bad, Ron, is it? It's not too bad a schedule. No, it's good. Yeah. It's good, but you just got to take. I went to. I got first night fever, like yeah. really badly. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you just get. Yeah, so you know how it just gets holier, and you said you're just yes. going to drink beer and not spirits. Yeah, what a tequila at eight thirty a.m. So round the grounds, Britt Fletcher, Trish Johns, how are they holding up? Right, yeah. So they're in LA for four days. Yeah, and so they're a bit dusty, I think, because <laughs> this is the first time my wife ever and her, I've ever heard her say, "Oh, I might just have a quiet one tonight." Oh, so yeah. the girls got up to mischief, I'm, I'm thinking. They were yeah. in LA. They went to Venice Beach. Uh, went down to Gold's Gym, all that bizzo. So you're, are you confident? They actually, they actually, Britt said to me, she goes, I met the loveliest human I've ever met in my life. And I said, who's that? She goes, Tim Manor. Oh. So they were in a restaurant in LA. And was, Timmy was sitting next to Britt. And she said, he said, he can't be a rugby, rugby league player. He's so polite. And I said, yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> But uh, he's he's a, he's uh, one of a kind, old uh, team manner. She hasn't met Carl Faze yet, Brian. Hasn't met Carl Faze. Ah, oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Faze is here. Is I he? saw Faze at Honeybee last night, yeah. <laughs> hey, tell me, um, Brian. Which is a restaurant, mind you. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, 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 no. I understand that. Um, uh, a vegan House restaurant. of repute. Yeah, yes. Hey, can I ask you, um, so do you, you were there before, which was sort of a, a, a genuine work to, uh, and it's shown because of how well Sin City went. But being around the traps, are you feeling like a certain vibe toward the game? Like, are you quietly confident that they've nailed this? Uh, I'm quietly confident there will be 60,000 people. 60? There's a lot of, uh, yeah, I think they'll get 60,000. I was wow. talking to a group. So there's a group of Americans who, so rugby union is, is big here. Well, not big. I'm saying there, there is a rug, rugby yes, union. Yes, there's a presence. Yep. And... They are coming to this game, and they were actually saying, "Look, we like like we obviously play rugby union, but when we watch the NRL, we're, we're jealous because we want a game that flows." And this has come from an American. Well, wow. even they realise that, yeah, even they realise that the games, and they watch all they watch all the games. So, uh, 
Reese Walsh is, as you, as you could probably imagine, being uh, promoted around here quite mm. quite a lot. He's on a lot of um, media work. Um, I'm confident that we've got to put on a good show, and I think the refereeing has to show that. Yeah. Because as Sugar and I were discussing, we were talking about the narrowing of the field. So five metres is a lot. Like that is basically two defenders. So yep. you can imagine throwing two more defenders on. On, on a normal size field, so hopefully the ref keeps them apart, and they can we can showcase you know the the full well, yeah just the fullbacks alone yeah on, on either side it's they're the uh, they're going to be the stars of the show okay we'll let you go soon Brian but just real quickly so and, and I'm, you're a humble bloke anyway but yourself and Maddie and Hindy are getting around and, and really known only by the Aussie fans right so is there that bigger presence of the Aussies which almost every casino you amble through you're going to bump into somebody who's Aware of you guys being in town? What, well, not last night. A lot of Aussies, a lot of Aussies are coming today and tomorrow. Yep. But I was surprised at how many English are here. Like there's a there's a Wigan tour, there's a St Helens tour. There's, wow! I ran into yeah, some Warrington right. guys today. Yeah. So the north of England are going to have a big rep- repre- representation. I, I'm thinking there might be a couple of thousand, probably more, coming uh, from from <laughs> the north of England. Hey, Brian, you you lock it in, right? So I don't, don't even know if there's markets on this. There probably isn't, but the, there's a Masters, like a World Cup type thing happening over there where Australia's taking on England and, and America, I think, is there as well. And and uh, the boys who Brian met, the Chris Waller of the Golden West, the trainer out there, yeah. Hazo, he sent me a photo and they're all doled up in their polo shirts for the Australian Masters team. And he reckons inside the casino, he's got a photo of he, what he claims to be the halfback having an up and under in the casino. <laughs> he said, "He yeah. said, load up on the uh, the opposition." <laughs> uh, well, you you know what? You probably could get on here because, yeah. as you know, it's the gambling mecca. Oh. So there, there would be someone. There'd be a bookie here for sure. Yeah, able to get on. Do we know how the combine went? I think is it gone yet? I don't know. You know if it's been... No. That, that's what no. you were sent over for. Yeah. You're, Next week. Yeah, I, I, miss, I miss that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, miss the, I miss the Mimo. Was, I thought Carl, that was Carl's job. The Finding Mimo. Oh, Carl. Hey, Finding Mimo. So, Fletch, um, can I ask you this? Um, is there somebody who's just got... I know you've said yourself, you first night fever, but is somebody in a world of pain right now? <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately... Uh, it's Nathan. Nathan. Um, well, he doesn't drink spirits. He doesn't drink spirits. So we're at this joint called. Uh, uh, it was a nightclub in in yeah. We went to a nightclub and it was in the Venetian. Mm. And we we're sitting around the table. It was me, John's, Hindmarsh. But then we had some of the some of the grouse journo's, the Reeds, yep. uh, the Websters, yep. the Roth uh, Rothfield. Yeah. And I found this giant chalice. It was on the wall, <laughs> and we made this concoction of drink. But it was like we had, it was like a bit of a carver ceremony. You had oh. to sit around, and you had to you had to make a speech. You had to make a speech <laughs> before you drank it. And, and Buzz just went, "Oh, I, I don't drink. I don't drink that. Fletchy, I'm red wine." I said, "Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll add that to the we'll add that to the mix as well." So oh. That was at about uh, that was about one a.m. this morning. Oh, Buzz, yuck! Buzz took off. But Buzz uh, is around. He's got his cam- camera out. Yep. He's just desperate for a scoop. Oh, for a scoop. For a scoop. So, yeah. Well, Brian, mate, very kind. Very kind of you to share. So what are we? We're approaching 9 o'clock over there in the, at Vegas. 9 o'clock? Yeah. 9 o'clock. We're at, this resort's world's unbelievable. So it's there's four hotels in here, but 
it's fantastic. So this and we're a bit out of town. I can see why the NRL have done it. So this is night number two, is it? This is night number two. Night, night number, number two. two. I think. But we... I'm not. I'm, I'll be in bed by. I'm going to be in bed by eleven because I've got this. Uh, Wolf Creek. I don't, oh, I don't okay. Want to that. All right, we'll hit him. Beast well. those. Beast those in from New Orleans. So How's he going, going the beast? Okay. Yeah, he's going all right. He was dirty, and I'm dirty. My horse. I've got a share in this horse called Sacred Delago, and it won at Scone on the weekend at fifty to one. Oh. And I, I forgot it was on because we. It cost us a thousand bucks. This horse. Whatever. Oh. Mate, it's legless. Give, it was legless. I'm going to give you. I don't know how it's won. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> whilst you're over there, I'm going I'm to give you a couple of bets for the footy, Brian. So, first one is uh, Tommy Turbo to to score and Manly to wins about four bucks. What are you really gambling with? The reason I say it, Fletch, the last twenty games that Manly have won with him, he scored thirty five tries. Right. Yeah. So he's a hog. He's a hog. He's a hog. <laughs> and the other one but is sugar. You'll be. Yeah, go you'll, on. Be, you'll be happy to know that uh, I threw your question to Mick Innes, who's on the coaching staff. Cola could be seen playing a little bit of fullback. Oh, okay. Okay, a bit of hybrid stuff. You beauty. So, so get around that, Toyota hybrid. Yeah, that's it. Hyundai <laughs> hybrid. Thank you very much, Brian. <laughs> Good on you, boys. Good on you, mate. Go strong. See there we go. Good on you. What a champion uh, chiming in the back line this uh, late over there at Vegas, night number two. Finally, out the program, the run home with Joel and Fletch, and you can catch up on everything you've missed so far. Bears head live from Vegas. We spoke with him. Sox review of the first day of the first test between Australia and New Zealand. I, I had some mean tweets as well relating to my top eight. We might try and get the top eight of our next guest as well. Very, very sharp when it comes to rugby league, and I'm pleased to say he's going to be a big part of the SEN League network. Proud to announce that Todd Carney will be doing, doing stuff with the SEN League during the year, including this Sunday, a Vegas watch party with Scotty Sattler from 4pm. And joining us now is the man, Toddy Carney, on the line. G'day, mate. Hey, guys. How you going? Here he is. He's here. Here he's he is. Here, uh, here I am. Joining here the SEN League stable. And he's going to be there with a watch party with Scotty Sattler. Mate, I can't believe they've done this to you. We've tried to get you to SEN League for a while now. And the first assignment they give you is with one S. Sattler. Please. Yeah, I done my first thing with him another week, and it went really well. And yeah, I got a late late call up last night to turn up on Sunday. So, Mister um, Fix It, here I come. <laughs> hey, tell us about your career, Toddy. Like, just great. we're talking about it before Socky and I. Just so great to watch, and just a natural talent. We talked about yeah that strong Shaminda. You know, you want everyone to have that that strong rump. But mm. you came from Goulburn. Were, were you a star? And I don't want you to be humble here, but were you always a star as a kid? No, not really. I um I actually talked to the boys at my school about it now, the kids I coach that I had to work quite hard because um, when I was growing up, I played for the Goulburn Stockman and, and our team, we went through from, I think, under sixes right through to under 16s undefeated. So obviously we had some quality players and not a lot of them went on to, to bigger and better things, but I was always, obviously my dad was the coach, I was the the favourite, but um, I had to work hard. From about 14, I started to not slow up, but um, obviously my old man wanted me to, to try and be better and, and get better. So um, I had to work really hard, and it paid off as time went on, obviously, um, but definitely wasn't a standout because we had a really good team. I made, like, the rep teams and stuff, but um, never never a full standout because we had a really good team. So the answer to that is probably not. Tell me, your debut was a 17-year-old, which is, you know, these days quite young. Do you remember that time and when you were told, and who told you you were about to play first grade? 
Matty Elliott, one of my one of, one of my obviously my all time yeah. favourite coaches because of, of of what he what he delivered for me. He gave me a childhood dream, not just uh, not just a debut. It was a childhood dream. I I was a passionate Raiders fan from a four year old to since I knew what rugby league was. Um, and yeah, I do remember the time he told me, and obviously the week of straight away, obviously 2004. You know who you're playing the Bulldogs and the the likes of Mason. O'Neilly, oh. Price, Willie Talao, Willie Tonga and stuff. I'm just, as you said, a 17-year-old <laughs> and not knowing where I'd play because I, I come off the bench and at that time we had Mark McLinden, um, I think Andrew McFadden. So we had we had stable halves. So, like, I was, it was a lucky dip where I went on because I remember that year, the 2003 preseason, uh, we had a trial against the Bulldogs and um, I, I went on the centres and marked Willie Talao. Um, so I didn't know where I was going to play. So I do remember it. Um, I got a fair bit of game time. Uh, I still remember Mace just running at me and every time he'd, <laughs> I'd tackle him or, or half tackle him, as you call it, was he'd get up and go, I'm going to keep coming all night. And it's funny, I see Mace all the time and we always laugh about it. That Obviously, that's what rugby league is. You, you remember those moments and um, the moments that you remember forever. 2004, I'm just doing some maths here. 2004, you make your debut, you're 17. I reckon most kids fall in love with the game or fall in love with the player when they're about 11. So that takes you back to maybe, uh, let's call it 1998. Mm-hmm. Who was the star Raider that you were following back in those days? Oh, oh, as a Raiders fan growing up, obviously Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly, yeah. Jason Croker because he lives, he's from Crookle, yep. um, <clears throat> Brett Mullins. But obviously, always I always love Andrew Johns. Um, I, I always love watching him in the backyard. I was Andrew Johns mm. or Darren Lockyer, things like that. And to play against, get to play against them, the back end of their careers was obviously special. But yeah, as a camera kid, you can't go past them, the names of Mullins, Daly, and Stewart. Well, Jai's uh, just texted in, Todd. He said, uh, bullshit, Todd. You were a star <laughs> at 15 and 16 and ripped us up at Penrith SG Ball. So you're, you're telling us a few furfies. But <laughs> yeah. you, you talked about some of your illustrious career, mate. You, um, you know, uh, up against Todd Carney. Uh, you were named Rookie of the Year. You played in the grand final for the Roosters. You've won a Daily M. You played for Australia. Is there... Is there anything that sticks out in your mind over this, you know, illustrious career that you go, wow, that was that that that's that was something special? Um, obviously, the 2010 season was a special one. After having a year off in 2009, I had I had I guess I had a point to prove to myself, obviously to the game, and then turning up to the Roosters to be told to play fullback. And the year I had. Um, uh, like obviously you look back on it and you think if you had a year like 2010 every year, you wonder where you would be. Um, but yeah, just all of it's special because obviously growing up as a Cambridge Goulburn in Goulburn wanting to play for the Raiders, I got to do that. And then to move on to a club like the Roosters and, and, and spend some really good years there and, and, and play some really good football. Then to go into Cronulla and play with the likes of Paul Gallen. Um, there was a big reason why I went there. Um, so all of it was special because f- from a young age, all I wanted to do was play footy mm. and I got to do that. Um, obviously we know the, 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 the downfalls that I've had throughout my career, but if I always look back on it now, when I talk to people about it is yes, there was some disappointing times, but my good times outweighed the bad by, so by, by a country mile. It's, um, 
So, yeah, it was just like for me, it was one was enough, 100 was um was 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 crazy and then to, to go on to play 200 and something professional games over two over two um super league and nrl was um yeah it was just really special and um yeah it was, it was great um it was a it was a lifelong dream childhood dream that i lived out toddy we, we all know your story and we've we got no interest in going down down the negative times and, and your and your career, which you, you play for Australia and you know grand final dally and all those sorts of things. But if you had to, um, I, I find that the NRL is doing a lot for players. Um, and, and at the end of the day, sometimes kids and they say the young male adult brain doesn't develop to mid twenties. What can we do? Like, like, do you, are we doing enough as a game? Like, I kind of feel like we are. But what do you think? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, mate. I think the game is is definitely doing enough. Obviously, as you said before, the start of the thing at seventeen, you won't play NRL now. It's just yep. not possible. Yep. Like you've got to go through exemptions and stuff like that. And while I played at seventeen and I was in the dressing rooms at sixteen with with like the guys I just mentioned, the guys that I looked up to as a kid, for them to try and grow up and be like them at that age, yeah. I was. And then obviously with my, I guess I don't know just. How I was was probably not a great mix, um, and the, which which led to a few of the things. But I think the game definitely is. Obviously, it's society. So yep. um, when players do stuff up, it's around alcohol. We know that. Um, can you eliminate it? No, because there's only a small percentage of us that can't handle it. Um, there's always going to be a case that comes up during pre-season, off-season, um, during the season. Um I guess the one thing I always say is when the bloke that, that does get in trouble, when he first has a beer, he doesn't say to himself, I'm going to go out and wreck, wreck my whole career tonight. Yep. It just happens. Like it's, it happens in the blink of an eye and we all wake up the next morning and go, I wish that never happened. Well, yes, that's right. But mm. we still put ourselves in that position because it's, it's what happens around the game. We love it's, it's um, obviously the days of um, train hard, drink hard has gone yep. and play hard, but we there's still downtime. Like I'm sure the boys in Vegas would have enjoyed a night out together when they first arrived there. They'll play tomorrow, on Sunday night and they'll enjoy a beer together. That's what that's what it's about. Toddy, if something does pop up, they're not going out to, to harm themselves no. or to harm the game. It's just, it's just it's just a negative thing that happens. It happens in in every walk of life. It could it happens in businesses um, anywhere anywhere. Yep. Toddy, uh, we're so wrapped up in the show because a lot of our listeners are uh, similar de- demographic to the three of us. And, mate, I reckon they'd love to hear your story. And I read somewhere that you were off the source. And if that's true to be the case, mate, I'd, I'd be fascinated and, and love you to share the story with your listeners, how you arrived at that point, and also to how hard was that journey to get to where you are now? Yeah, so last Saturday was my twelve-month sobriety birthday. Well done, oh, mate. well done, mate. Um, that is a great achievement. And 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 I can, like, when my partner my partner took me out for dinner last Friday because I was in New Zealand for that match fit game on the weekend, and I sort of didn't want to make a big fuss about it, but she sort of sort of said to me, "I want to make a fuss about it because you, you haven't just changed your own life; you've changed." obviously hers and, and my two kids yeah. um, because they don't have to worry about me anymore. They don't have a, a stress when I walk out the door to go for a beer. Yep. And not like I said before, I wasn't going out there to harm myself and no. I, there was nothing going wrong, but I was like, they were, she was scared at times. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, I guess well, a bit over 12 months ago now, obviously I, I made the decision to, to get help. Um, and nothing bad had happened. I just woke up one morning and it was sort of over the, the a period of two months before, prior to that. I, every time I'd have a beer or, or whatever, I would wake up the next morning and, and wouldn't be comfortable with how I felt. Yep. Um, which led to me, uh, always being doubtful when I was going to have a beer. So I'd, I was that person that could have six months off it, but then six months and one day I was back into it drinking and, mm. uh, and carrying on. Um, and one was never enough and hundred was too, never too many. Yeah. Um, so there, that morning I woke up and, uh, I rang my partner and my sister and was my sister lives on the Gold Coast. And she, I just told them that I think that it's time for me to, to get help. And they said, Oh, what do you mean? Like, cause obviously they sort of knew, but they wanted me to say it. And I just said, the thing is time. I, I want to give up alcohol and I feel I can do it myself, but I want to do it differently where I've never done before. I want to check myself in the rehab. So I, I rang around some places. I got in contact with some people that are, that are really high up in that area. And they pointed me to a place at Gympie. Um, so I checked in for 30 days, which could have been three months, depending on what the people wanted in there. If, if after 30 days, I didn't feel like, f- think I was comfortable to come out, I would stay for the three months, which I was willing to do. Uh, my work was really good about it. So after 28 days, um, I had my meeting to either stay on or go home. And um, I guess it was a relief that for me, I knew that if I had to stay three months, I was willing to do that. Mm. But it was a relief on the 28th day that one of the facilitators in there said to me, goes like, your challenge now is when you leave here. So we're happy for you to leave and go out and experience it. So from then on, I had to do 90, 90 AA meetings in 90 days, which was a challenge wow. because I'd done AA meetings in there. Um, but when I had to get out, I had to go on my own. I wasn't going with a group of other people. Um, so it was a, it was a tough journey because I, I like, I guess, people that are naive and stubborn around. I never thought I was an alcoholic because I wasn't a daily drinker. I was just someone that binge drink and yep. um, enjoyed it too much. Um, so for me to go in a room and, and sit around and say my name's Todd and I'm an alcoholic was, was very uncomfortable, especially when I was on my own and driving around the Gold Coast, going into AA meetings with a hat pulled down. And I just had a bloke come up to me one day and goes, lose the hat. He goes, like, we don't mind who you are. Um, we're all here for the same reason to – to, to get rid of the demon, like the, the dreaded thing of alcohol. And so it's been a really good journey. Um, I guess now for me, I'm comfortable with going to places. Like um, I don't, I don't sort of envy people to drink. I, um, I go there and be around them instead of staying for, for hours on end. I, I leave after I'm ready and um, send a message to the people that, that are close to me that would be there and say, if you need a lift, I can happy to pick his up and always check in on him the next morning just to make sure. Because I guess at the age of who I am and my mates are now, they see me with how I've gone in the last 12 months and how much my life's changed. They're starting to second guess themselves a little bit and I'll never be the bloke that pushes don't drink, don't drink yep. because um, – I enjoy people around it. I still enjoy pe- being around people that, that drink. Um, I was just one of the small percentage that that got carried away and um, things happened when I drank. It was either stupid things, which was a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, it's been a big change. Obviously, 
like I said, the, the biggest change for me is is how I'm around my family, um, the the comfortability they have with me and knowing that I can go do things. Um, and then just obviously opportunities like, for instance, this for like for me to get a radio gig, um, it's not by coincidence. It's because I've put myself out there to obviously spoke on James Graham's podcast, um, things like that and, and made it vocal. I, I, like, like I said, I won't push the point of people not to drink, but I'll push it to say that if you are one of the people that wakes up and you struggle with how you feel after it, like reach out to someone. I'm happy to, for people to reach out to me because it's, it's, a, it's a scary time. And, and the last thing I want people to do is, is hide behind it and then get so deep into it that it leads to mental health staff or, it, can, it leads to them just to be continuously drinking day in day out. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a different journey, but um, something that I'm I'm really proud of, because um, 12 months ago I didn't think I'd be sitting in the positions I am uh, through work and through family and and then just through obviously myself and like I had a reflection day last Saturday after it and when I was obviously 12 months and I, I, I guess I gave myself a pat on the back because I deserved it. Um, because it's been a tough journey. Like my partner doesn't know and people don't know around me that it, I still have shit days where it's like, mm. oh, fuck, I've got to, I've got to read some books or stuff like that. So it's, it's, it was definitely wasn't easy, but the easier sides are coming that the, uh, because obviously I'm so open about it. Um, because for me, I know I'll never, well done. I'll never yeah. yeah. Socky, the board's lit yeah. up and and, uh, and, and sometimes the best gifts come badly wrapped the same I say all the time, but Toddy, what, what you've probably done for a lot of listeners who might have been on the precipice of thinking, you know what, if it's good enough for Todd Carney to do it, mate, you should be very proud of what you've achieved there. Yeah, it's, it's you know. And that's right, yeah. Like, I'm I'm a big believer of it that, the, like, for me, I know life's is, for a little bit when I finished footy, I thought my life was not over, but, like, what's next? Mm. Like, I've got a, a beautiful three-year-old son now that, that, that uh, I give everything to and um, for him to experience his life now with his with me not being a drinker, it will change his life. And if he wants to drink when he's old enough, that's fine, but he won't be brought up around it. Um, but, yeah, for people that, that are listening, if you are that person, uh, reach out to your best mate or jump on the hotline, ring someone, just put your voice out there because who knows, you might be sitting there in 12 months' time after listening to me tonight today and go, you could you could reap the, the benefits or the not so much it's not benefits it's just life changes because you don't have that dreaded uh, cloud over your head from from alcohol. Yeah, well, it takes a lot of uh, courage, Toddy, and it, and it's great to hear someone so candid, you know, and talk about their problems and their issues, mate. And we've got a message in from Cam. It says Sugar Todd's chat with James Graham a few months ago, and you mentioned it. Todd was outstanding. Uh, I recommend to the listeners to listen. I handed it to my 13-year-old set of headphones, made them listen to it, taken a lot out of it. The clean your car moment, which we won't ruin, uh, is a beauty with Brian Smith is one that stood out. Yeah, uh, the listeners got to get around that too as well. Uh, Toddy, unfortunately, we ran out of time, mate. We could have you in here for days, mate. Mm. Outstanding chat. Yeah, no, thank you. And we're going to get you more of it because you are, of course, uh, the SEN League team member now, and you've got the watch party with Scotty Sattler on Sunday to get around Vegas. Quick tip, who are you tipping to win the first two? Uh, I said in the car, but I think Manly win and Roosters win. Yeah, okay. All right. And what about overall yeah. for the season? Who do you see lifting the trophy? Uh, 
I like Penrith again. Wow. Even though they didn't ah. win the other night, I, I like I, – I, the worst away, the confidence clear he's playing with, even yeah. just that game the other night, I think he'll – He'll um, steer him there again. But, yeah, there's some teams looking good. Obviously, the Roosters have obviously now, I think with a year with the um, Brandon and Hooker, um, Keery and um, Walker together, I think they'll be hard to beat too. But, yeah, it's, I think it's anyone's. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Toddy Carney, thanks for joining the run home with Joel and Fletch. We're Socky here, and we'll hear more of you on SEN League. Enjoy Sunday, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Plenty of NRL news floating about, so let's do this. It's an NRL news update. Subscribe to SEN League on YouTube and the SEN podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All righty, let's talk a bit of rugby league as it fires up for Vegas. Now, Luciano Lua was a bit of a topic a week or so ago. Having left the Cowboys, he left the Tigers early to go to the Cowboys. He's now left the Cowboys early to go to the Dragons. But he'll be sidelined for the first two rounds of the season after being served a ban by the NRL for low-range drink driving in January, reading uh, a reading of 0.052. Wow. Um, can I ask a question, Sure. Last time on was here, we were talking about the, the potential of the move. Was there a financial... Was there a number put out there? Because they were talking about maybe 900 a year. Yeah, is 900. That, is that where it we, don't, we don't know what the Dragons... The Dragons haven't paid that. Um, it was reported 2.7 for the Dragons, but they're saying we paid nowhere near that. So okay. clearly the Cowboys have coughed up. The Broncos are set to make a late change to their team for Sunday's opening game. Marty Tapao will come on for youngster Xavier Willison in Ooh. the Broncos pack. Okay. Yeah. He's been on a, an unusual diet, um, Marty Tapao. Like, heavy carnivore. Yeah. Heavy, heavy carnival. On one of those, um, yeah, pa- like whole food, meat, paleo diets yeah. where you just eat meat and whole foods. That's and right, yeah. So all that, uh, I, I might even be liver and all that sort of yeah. like, true but, carnival. Strength-wise, he's, he's he's one of the strongest when it comes to the, the, the deadlifting yep. in, the, in the gym, yeah. 100%. Anyway. Tino Fasumalaawi has shut down rumours of a rift with David Fafida after rumours the two were involved in an altercation training this week. It was nothing, bro. We're just brothers, and that's what you do. You fight at times. It was fi- nothing physical at all. It was a one-minute thing on the field. We were more pushing motivationally each other, which is good. You want that. You want your boys competing and pushing each other and keeping each other honest. If you don't have that, then you're not picking up on the little things. It's good. I'm tipping it was Tino going after David as opposed to the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Don't you reckon? Well, I mean, there was a, a funny one with Cody Walker as well. There, there was, they, he was answering some questions about Sam Burgess, and... It, it's it's. I don't understand how it's even a talking topic. Like you want players pushing each other, yeah. and and over the, particularly in footy, that is going to go over the mark. And sometimes you do need a little kick up the backside. You know, we all talk about the pat a bit higher and softer and lower and harder. Yeah. You know, I think Fafita needs it lower and harder. And yep. if anyone's going to give it to him, it's the big boy Tino who's trying to drive <laughs> the club direction. So don't mind it. What about this? Is a this one caught me by surprise. Probably a depth signing, but the Bulldogs have signed former Kiwi international Zane Tedavano on a one-year deal. Now, he's 33 years old. He returns to the NRL after spending the last three years with Leeds in the Super League following a stint with the Panthers in 2020. And he's been signed on a one-year deal effective immediately. Now, I can only imagine if he was there at the Panthers in 2020, he's clearly made an impression with Coach Cameron Serrato, who was there at the time. Yep. Maybe even Gus Gould, perhaps. The Sydney Roosters have re-signed Luke Keary for a further year, so he'll be at the club till the end of 2025. Good signing. And man. listening to Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy, and you can catch them, of course, in the mornings from 6 to 9, Daylight Savings Time on your SEN network, 
Well, what they've been doing, they've been doing a bit of a blast from the past and going back, catching up with old legends, which I think is fantastic. One, one of my favourites is Daryl Halligan. We're going to play that a little bit later on. Uh, his chat. Now, I was saying, well, I'd, I'd love to hear this. I believe, Socky, that Stephen Crichton is the best striker of the football and has the potential to be the best goal kicker in the comp that we have right now. And the reason I said that was, if you look at Halligan's best three years, it was his final three years, and that's because El Masri was his superstar kicker, who could also credit a lot to Halligan, by the way, a bit yeah. of osmosis. Yeah. He was nipping at his heels. So it doesn't surprise me that the last three years for Darren Halligan, he produced his best ever strike rate kicking. I think that Crichton gets similarly from being under Cleary. And now you've got Burton, who's a very good kicker himself, and Crichton. I'd personally be going with Crichton, but yeah. I'm also interested in the top point scorer market. So yeah. that plays a well, part. I remember you talking about Sugar not long ago. Um, do you think the game will evolve where you'll have a left side and a right side? Uh, well, that, that's right. You know what? The answer is probably yes. Like, if you find that... So many guys in a team... Yes. ...can kick... I was watching, you know, I was watching all the trial games and you're watching some of these different techniques. You know, some have got the fade, some have got the thing, some kick it end over end and it yep. doesn't move off a dime. Yep. You know, and you're like, surely if you do have a bit of a fade, that's going to suit a, a certain style or position on the field. Why can't you have two, two goal kickers... Who you right? Okay, well you're a, if you're eighty percent from the right side as a right footer, and you're an eighty percent kicker at left foot left side. Yep. Why, why are you not? Why and that? But you, you know, why would you? Why would you play with those percentages? Well, well, think about someone like Jonathan Thurston who had a fair hook on him, right? Yeah. A very yeah, give, like like give, without even looking at the numbers. Yeah, give me right to left from the left yeah. side all every day of the week. Correct. Like just on pure maths. Yeah. And, and the Physics. opening of the goal co- the goalpost yeah. face. Yeah. It has to. It has and to. And the twenty-five grand final where he munged one in straight into the post. Well, that was on his bad side too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's it right, was, that's and, and with his hook, it dramatically narrows the Absolutely. the angle he had. You're one hundred percent right. Yeah, you're one hundred percent right. But speaking about Daryl Halligan, as I said, he was on with breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. The missile stepping in for Vossi. Um, yeah, you do get um, better with that pressure internally, um, and. Uh, Penrith is a, is a prime example of it. Um, Stephen Crichton, in particular, over the last two years, he's always kicked as he's been there, but he worked really, really hard in the last two years. So every time we'd, we'd be out there training at uh, at the Panthers with Nathan, Critter would really put the work in, and then it paid dividends in the in the grand final. We kicked the first kick against Parramatta when, That's he right. was, when Nathan was a little little bit injured. Um, he steps up and kicks goals for Samoa. Um, so, you know, like, and now we've got him at Canterbury. Yippee. Um, <laughs> we've kick? got Matt Burton there as well. You know, we've got, we got two of the best goal kickers in the competition. So, um, you know, it'll, it, it's a luxury once again. And Both if lefties. you think about it, Both the, bull, the Bulldogs have controlled goal kicking for a long time. Hasn't yep. did it for 10. Mm. I managed to get it, get it for about 10 years as well. So maybe uh, Burrow and Critic can um, get another 10 years in. Okay, there you go. Um, so he's a big rap on both those, Burton and uh, Critter, that is for sure. And some big romantic news happening. There was a bit of a, a funny um, uh, post getting around with uh, Jake Trebojevic out there in Vegas, and he's running around, he's manly kid, and they said, you know, Jake's out there in the wild, but um, <laughs> he want to make the most of it in Vegas, apparently. Welcome back to the Best of the Run Home with Joel and Fletch, and here's the best of the mean tweets that were coming at me. I named my top eight, and here's what the punters had to say. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Before we break, before we break, we might bring the poll back today too. If you've got a good idea about the poll, I think we've 
Fletchy's big pole. We've sort of let that slide a bit. If you've got a good pole that we need to go after, <laughs> hit us on the text line 0457 736 I want to get to this. So yesterday, I'm going to ask you today, Socky, so you're on okay. the firing line sure. later today with all your predictions. Michelle Bishop's done it. Fletcher's done it. It's your turn today. Okay. But yesterday, people were saying, well, where's your top eight? You can't have every team in the top eight. Mm. And it's the hardest top eight you'll ever have to pick. Mm. So I've settled on mine. I have my reasons. Yep. Uh, Storm first. Newcastle, sorry, just to repeat, Storm first, Roosters second, Broncos third, this is the minor premiership, Knights fourth, Penrith Panthers fifth, which caused a lot of conjecture, Warriors sixth, Sharks seventh, and the Titans eighth. And then SEN went and published it, and what about the lovely responses we got? Oh, I could only imagine. Uh, Blake Rangos on Instagram. (laughs) He's just trying to be out of the ordinary. No way he actually believes Panthers won't make the top four. To which I uh, replied privately, (laughs) these blokes are human, mate. They're not robots, right? You've played in successful teams. They've started the year in England. That doesn't end well ordinarily for teams. Critter, Spencer Lenu might be the straw that broke the camel's back. uh, Yeah, that's right. That camel, they are two very, very strong camels. Strong outs. Um, But champions prove you wrong and they may prove me wrong. But I just think... They're just going to be – they're going to be right there. They're going to be right there, but fifth for me. Blythe and Times wrote, arguably the worst top eight I've seen so far. Well, Blythe and Times, let me tell you this, my man. Feel free to send me your perfect top eight. But to what I know is that at this stage, everyone's right. No one's wrong, are they, with their own no. top eight? Danny Lawrence writes this. Okay, in fact, back to Blythe and Times. How many people would have picked South to miss out, Roosters to almost miss out, Parramatta to miss out, Cowboys to miss out? If yeah. anyone did that, Blythe and Times, I reckon you would have said, worst top eight I've ever seen. Mm. Danny Lawrence, South City needs to miss the eight. Holy wow. I, I can't get around South. I need to see it first. The way they finished their season mm. was deplorable. CS7 gives great tips. He says, number seven is tip with your heart, not your head. Surely, manly. He's talking about Sharks. CS7, Sharks have got a plum draw, and that's why I have them there. Jay Batossi writes, swap nights out for Manly, and I've got the same eight, Sugar, although different order. TBC Live, why aren't the Dragons here? <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> Primetime Penny, Panthers fifth. After four grand finals in a row, three minor premierships and three premierships, that's respect we get. <laughs> Says Primetime Penny. I've got great respect for your Panthers, Primetime Penny. Rob Drimmel Art, what's Joel been smoking? Regan Sumo, that's hot. Knights top four, that's hot. It's Jesse B. Joel Kane gets rugby league. Titans in the eight. Yeah, baby. Hardigan writes, Joel's living in 2017, it seems, where the Roosters and uh, the Melbourne Storm are dominating. Big Nos Stew says, Titans are no chance of the eight. I reckon the Sharks miss too. NRL third man, Newcastle third, what the? Alex, well, they're fourth, actually, NRL th- third man. Alex Clark, 16.55. Surely not clearly thinking. Adding Sando. Up the Titans. Good on you, Sugar. BKR Sports. Titans in the eight. This bloke gets it. LC Cruiser, 79. What are you smoking, Joel? Alex and Derek won. No eels. Panthers out of top four. This guy, is he high? And that goes on. There's 4,000 of these. So just repeating, my top eight is this. The Melbourne Storm get the minor premiership. The Roosters run second in the minor premiership. Brisbane... Knights, Penrith 5th, Waz 6th, Sharks 7th, the Gold Coast Titans 8th. So let it be written, so let it be done. 
Thanks for listening to The Best of the Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Don't forget, we are live Monday to Friday, 3pm to 6pm on your SEN network. Daylight savings time, of course, for now. You can also catch up through our YouTube page, The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts have you covered there as well if you're on the train, perhaps driving in the car and you need the audio version. But thanks for joining the program. We'll catch you next time.